Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this week's episode of Bite Me, we're doing the classic mac and cheese. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host and certified Ganger Marge, and I love helping cooks make safe and effective edibles at home. I'm so glad you're here, and thank you for joining me today. Welcome back, friends. I'm excited about this week's episode, Mac and Cheese, the ultimate comfort food, or one of those comfort foods that really warms you up from the inside out. Ooey, gooey, delicious, warm, makes you think probably of happy childhood memories. And this one, of course, is made from scratch. We're not talking about craft dinner here, my friends. Would we ever be talking about craft dinner? I suppose you could infuse that too if you really wanted to, but no, this is mac and cheese made from scratch, and it's not as difficult as it might sound. And it feels as though it turned cold as soon as fall hit where I live. And so I'm thinking comfort foods now. It's so interesting how your body just naturally shifts to the seasons. And over the summer, it was light salads and fresh light produce and and cool beverages. And now it's all about those, those casseroles and those braised foods and those mac and cheeses, chili stews, all those things that make you feel warm and satiated. And I have to say also where I am in Ontario, Canada, the colors of the trees this year have been absolutely stunning. I can't remember a better year than this one. And that really makes it really makes the idea that winter is coming much more palatable when you can enjoy a just absolutely spectacular fall season. It's the only thing we Canadians have sometimes, I'm afraid, because that idea, every time I think of winter is coming, I just think of Game of Thrones, how they bandied about that phrase all the time. And they would then pan to those pictures of those guys up on the wall. In any case, before we get into this week's episode of the Cannabis Quote of the Week, I used to smoke marijuana, but I'll tell you something, I would only smoke it in the late evening. Oh, occasionally in the early evening, but usually the late evening or the mid-evening, just the early, mid, and late evening, occasionally early afternoon, early mid-afternoon, or perhaps the late mid-afternoon, oh, sometimes the early, mid-late, early morning, but never at dusk. Steve Martin. And for those of you out there who are the wake and bakers, the afternoon smokers, the evening edible tasters, just remember never at dusk, according to Steve Martin. Actually, I think the only time I consume cannabis is at dusk because I'm eating an edible and preparing for the rest of my evening. I digress. This week's recipe is the mac and cheese. What inspired this, aside from the fact that mac and cheese, as I already mentioned, is an ultimate comfort food that brings joy to plenty of eaters around the world at any given moment, was I was in Toronto a few months ago visiting secondhand bookstores because my partner Chris, 
he collects vintage books. And we were in Toronto for some other reason, I think, but killing some time. And he really had some bookstores he wanted to visit. And while I can appreciate the hobby, and I do enjoy a good vintage book myself, maybe not to the same degree as he does, I need to find something to do while I'm looking around these vintage stores. I find the same thing when I'm going thrifting a lot of the times too. And I came upon this cookbook. That is something that I really do love to look for when I'm in uh, secondhand bookstores or thrift stores. I usually gravitate towards the cookbooks because sometimes you see some interesting things. The one book that got away that I should have picked up and I never did was the book on making marshmallows. There's a whole cookbook on making marshmallows. And it's like, I could have picked it up for like $3 and I didn't do it. Why didn't I do it? I don't know. We could be having marshmallow recipes right now. I suppose I could always look that up online, but for whatever reason, I don't. And in any case, I picked up an attractive hardcover cookbook called the Mac and Cheese Cookbook. 50 Simple Recipes from Homeroom, America's Favorite Mac and Cheese Restaurant. Well, the picture on the cover was enticing enough for me to pick it up and pay the money to take this book home with me. Because I like what it says on the back of the book, think outside the box. Because yes, a lot of the times people think of mac and cheese and it's been co-opted by Kraft who developed the boxed Kraft mac and cheese which I used to buy quite regularly when I had teenagers living at home because they're always looking for something quick to make for an after-school snack or something like that, which I suppose a whole box of mac and craft mac and cheese is not really a snack. It's more like a meal. But in any case, now I have like three or four boxes in my cupboard that I brought on the family vacation, thinking that maybe somebody might be inspired to cook something up on a lazy afternoon one day and nobody touched it. Oh, how things change. So if you're in a phase right now where you have teenagers at home and they seem to want nothing else but Kraft macaroni and cheese, there is light at the end of the tunnel. One day they will issue the mac and cheese for something far more adult. So don't you worry. Now, this mac and cheese cookbook, as it said, was brought to you from the owners of Home Room, which it didn't really mean much to me. But when you flip through the book, it talks about the story of Home Room, which is an actual restaurant in Oakland, California. And I'll link to it in the show notes because I did have to look it up and it appears that it still exists. So if anybody out there listening has been to Home Room in Oakland, California, please let me know what it's like because the whole restaurant is dedicated to macaroni and cheese. And I think that's such a cool idea. And when you delve into the book a little bit more, there's a lot in this book actually, but it says here at Homeroom, we feature 10 different mac and cheeses at a time and rotate the menu seasonally. We make each dish to order and they can all be customized with special add-ins like broccoli, bacon, mushrooms, and other tasty ingredients. I mean, how amazing is that? A mac and, uh, I think that's a fantastic idea. And this restaurant is run by two entrepreneurial women who had had experience with cooking at some point, but never with running restaurants and were working jobs completely different to, uh, to the restaurant industry. It looks like uh, one of them was a lawyer and the other one was a marketer. And they decided to get into this and open up a restaurant dedicated to mac and cheese. And I can say that if I were ever in California, Oakland, California myself, I think I would love to check this out because the recipes in this book are pretty fantastic. There's a lot of options, but we're just starting with the basics today. So they really do lay this 
book out in sections and they start out with the basics and they're saying and they really do uh, design the book to be educational but easy to follow instructions it pretty much using ingredients that you can find pretty easily it says here this cookbook and its recipes are meant to be instructional and easy to use with ingredients you can find whether you live in Oakland or Oklahoma or in my case Ontario and while there are a lot of fancy, complicated mac and cheese recipes out there, we believe that simpler is better and that nothing should be expensive, difficult, or intimidating about mac and cheese. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. I love that idea because simple often is better. And when you're making it medicated as well, you know, it's a little bit of an extra tweak that you're adding to these recipes. But I am a fan of simple because simple gets done. If you look at something that is more complicated, you might be less likely to tackle it on the Tuesday night when you need to feed yourself. Simple also means it's far more likely the recipe is going to turn out well and you're going to be happy with the results. When they say simple and that nothing should be expensive, holy shit, groceries are getting expensive these days. So something that's simple and not too costly to make is also good. They have a basic equation on how they put together their mac and cheese, which is pasta plus a mac sauce plus cheese and you have your mac and cheese. A pretty simple premise. They do have a section on choosing and cooking the right noodles. It says they spent months looking for the perfect noodle. Now, I did buy something that looked like a bit of a fancier macaroni noodle when I went to the store. It wasn't the cheap stuff that you buy for a dollar or however much it is these days. I actually don't buy that stuff very often. I do often tend to opt for the fresh pasta because it cooks so fast and there's just two of us living at home now as well. So that really helps. If I sell kids at home, I'd probably be buying the cheap stuff. But they do recommend a couple of brands here. Barilla is one choice and the Ronzoni brand. And what I'm going to do is try and find those online and see if that's something you can pick up on Amazon or a local grocery store. And I'll link to those in the show notes so you can find them too, because it says they spend months looking for the perfect noodle and they're doing the work so that you don't have to. They're also talking about cooking the noodles properly. And I think that's going to be built into each recipe anyway, so you don't have to worry about that. But then you're starting with a mac sauce. You're going to obviously have to have the right noodles, but the mac sauce is sort of the foundation. But they call it mac sauce. The French call it a bechamel, which sounds fancy. And I am not a classically trained chef by any means. So I was learning something new here because I don't think I've ever really made a bechamel sauce that I was aware of. Have I made? Maybe I have. I've made some creamy pasta sauces in the past. And maybe I just didn't realize what I was making. But I like that this book tries to educate its readers that if you don't have that classically trained the culinary background that you're going to pick up some new techniques with this book. Now, what does it say? This simple, creamy, and delicious sauce is the base for all of our mac and cheese recipes. The French call it bechamel. We call it mac sauce. We're pretty certain this sauce will change your life. It has certainly changed ours. Once you learn this recipe, you can make it countless. You can make countless varieties of mac and cheese just by adding whatever cha- tasty cheese you like, starting with little else than what you have in your fridge. And the great news is, is that it's really simple. Just flour, butter, milk, and salt. The secret is in the whisk. Once you've added the milk, just keep stirring. And before you know it, your sauce will be thick, creamy, and the foundation of many awesome mac and cheeses to come. 
They also go on to say the recipe makes three cups and most of the recipes call for two, but it's wise to make a little extra in case someone wants their mac to be a bit so- uh, saucier. And so you have a little extra to work with. Full disclosure, though, it is worthwhile using it up right away. I did not. And I think the rest of my mac sauce did go moldy, even though I meant to make more and I didn't. So just be aware of that. Maybe you can reduce the recipe down a little bit so you don't have too much extra or just use it all. I don't know. But they give you the instructions for making this mac sauce. And as they said, it's pretty simple. It's whole milk. It's unsalted butter, all-purpose flour, and a little bit of salt. Now, this is where you're going to possibly infuse your dish because, once again, depending on who you're serving this to, you might not want to infuse the entire sauce because that way you can't portion it out to people. But that can make things tricky. Fortunately, something like this, it's not that difficult to add some things onto the top of a dish after you serve it for individual portions. Or if you're dosing everybody at the table, by all means, go ahead and infuse the sauce. And I really like the book because they give lots of pictures. I'll have the recipe in the show notes, of course, with credit to the Mac and Cheese Cookbook authors, Allison Aravallo and Aaron Wade. And I do like the pictures that they have. Because like I said, I've never really been instructed on making a bechamel sauce before, like they were talking about here. But they give pretty decent instructions. And on my first try, it came out just as expected. So the instructions are pretty clear and straightforward. And somebody who's never done it before shouldn't have any trouble with this super simple recipe. Now, of course, if for whatever reason you weren't paying attention, something happened, you know, shit happens in the kitchen all the time. They have a section on troubleshooting your mac sauce so that you can also fix it if there's any problems because it says there's a few common mistakes that folks encounter so you can easily fix it if you need to and then essentially you're going to be let me find it because we're we're just going to be doing the basic macaroni and cheese the classic mac as they say and this is it the super creamy extra cheesy mac and cheese you grew up with wait we take it back this is far better than anything that plops out of a foiled cheese packet or sprinkles out of a little sealed bag out of all our recipes this one took the longest to 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 create we tested hundreds of cheese combinations until finally we found something worth worthy of the dish and we want to be the most proud the winning combination one quarter salty pecorino to three quarters two years aged sharp cheddar yellow cheese all you need for this recipe or to do a classic mac is your dried elbow pasta two cups of the mac sauce or the bechamel sauce that you created earlier you need one and a half cups of grated two-year aged extra sharp cheddar cheese a half cup of grated Pecorino Romano cheese. And that's pretty much it. Sounds super, super cheesy, doesn't it? One of the other great little things about this book is they also include a beer and a wine pairing with each of the macaroni and cheese recipes in this book. How fantastic is that? So if you want to, I guess you can infuse it. And then if you also want to add an alcoholic beverage to your meal, you can do that too. Just be wary of mixing the two together because they can have unintended consequences of being more potent than you might otherwise imagine or hope for. And that can have serious 
uh, effects. The crossfade is no joke, my friends. Now, they have each recipe as a lesson plan, which I also kind of like, and it's laid out pretty simply. There's not really much to putting together this particular classic mac. You cook your pasta, a little less than al dente. You rinse it with cold water and then drain it as you would for pretty much any pasta dish, I would imagine. Add the sauce and both cheeses to a large heavy bottom pot and cook over medium heat. And then you're going to stir it until the cheese is barely melted, about three minutes. You add the pasta to that and then you continue cooking until the pasta is also warmed up because it's been, the pasta has obviously been cooled off by the, the cold water you're rinsing it with prior to that. And then you put it in some bowls and you eat it and enjoy it and, and, and realize how wonderful life is because you're eating mac and cheese. The longest part that this probably takes is just making that bechamel sauce. And honestly, you could probably make that ahead of time, like a day or so, or I wonder if it says how long this would last for. Anyway, you could probably make this the day ahead of time and then just use and then just use it when you needed it. Some of the other things, the tips that they give in this book that I really like are choosing the cheeses. Tip number one, more age equals more cheesy flavor. So that is why I guess they're using a two-year aged cheddar for this basic mac, or I shouldn't say basic. There's nothing basic about it, this classic mac and cheese. Tip number two, don't waste your money on super fancy cheeses. I need to read that a bit more because sometimes I find like buying a two-year-old aged cheddar is not what I would call necessarily fancy, but it's not cheap cheese either. This isn't Cracker Barrel or anything like that, usually. I do tend to buy aged cheddars anyway, because again, it's just uh, Chris and I at home right now for the most part, uh, and Gloria, but uh, she doesn't eat cheese anyway, so it's just the two of us eating cheese, and if I'm being completely honest, I probably eat most of the cheese. Actually, cheese, this aged cheddar that I buy, has actually gone up probably about $4 in the last little while, like per block that I buy. So when they say don't waste your money on super fancy cheeses, let's see what they have to say here. When we started to write this cookbook, we were so excited to play with all sorts of fancy cheeses. We don't use these cheeses at the restaurant because they're generally expensive and we're committed to keeping the price below $10 at the time of the printing of this cookbook anyway. However, we found that a lot of cheeses we enjoy eating on a cheese plate make absolutely disgusting mac and cheeses. Okay, that's that's what they're saying. They're saying a lot of these super fancy cheeses don't lend themselves well to making amazing macaroni and cheese. No matter what we did, it tasted like eating a barnyard. Ooh, and they were referring to a farmstead cheddar that would be really good on a cheese plate, but was just plain gross when concentrated in a mac. So you can skip the fancy cheeses, as they say in tip number two. And finally, salt is cheese's best friend. If you have had, if you have added the proper amount of cheese to your mac, but it still doesn't taste cheesy enough, chances are the problem is not the cheese, but the salt. Salt brings out the flavor of all kinds of food, meat, chocolate, bread, but is particularly noticeable, noticeable with mac and cheese. So if your mac isn't tasting as cheesy as you want, don't start adding more cheese, which is a super expensive ingredient. Um, well, not super expensive, but the more expensive ingredient, try adding a little salt first and see if you don't notice a huge difference. So I really do like that suggestion because it is a far more cost effective to be using a sprinkle of salt to make a huge change in the out in the final outcome than dumping on a whole bunch more cheese that you just paid a baby toe to buy. We did the classic mac, but as some examples of some of the other macaroni and cheeses they have in here, the jalapeno popper mac. Ugh, I want to try this so bad. Now, my only downside right now is that my mother-in-law is living with us and she has the palate of a three-year-old and doesn't really like anything too experimental and cannot tolerate anything spicier than black pepper. So I may have to put this one 
on the menu for night where she is dining elsewhere because the jalapeno popper mac would probably be too spicy for her. There's also a spicy mac. There's so many interesting ones. Just the tuna mac. I remember making a long, 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 long time ago. I would make, again, I'm almost embarrassed to say, craft macaroni and cheese and you had a can of tuna and some green peas. This is sort of a more sophisticated take on that uh, version, which still uses canned tuna actually, but also adds a few other ingredients to make it more interesting and healthier too because you're not taking foods out of a out of a box uh smoky bacon mac breakfast mac then they have international relations that's a whole other section where there are mac and cheeses from around the world the next section after the international was chemistry experiments with unusual ingredients now i think a lot of these unusual ingredients are still very accessible there is nothing in here that's going to be super difficult to find so another reason why i do like this cookbook. They even have extra credit, a section at the back where they are doing sides, essentially. These are side dishes. So even though a lot of people will eat a mac and cheese all on its own, sometimes you're like, I might want a vegetable go with this. So that's great. You can do the celebrity tomato salad or roasted carrots with citrus vinaigrette or, or crispy string beans. There's a whole bunch of things here that look really good, actually. Broccoli with ranch dripping sauce quick dill pickles. Lots of things that you could add to the side of your mac and cheese. And then the book finishes with some desserts because it sounds like the restaurant at the restaurant they make. Uh, they do house house made desserts as well. And I mean, if you're going to be doing something warm and comforting, why not finish the meal off, round it out with a nice dessert. And they have, what are some of the, they have a dessert mac, which I thought was interesting. I mean, some of the stuff is pretty, I want to say standard, Lime bars look good to me. Homemade Oreos caught my eye. I think I'm going to have to be trying those. Uh, Strawberry Crisp, but the Dessert Mac. Let's flip to page 100 and see what that's entailed. When you think of a rich, decadent, sweet dessert, mac and cheese is probably not the first thing that comes to mind. Thinking that mac and dessert might not go hand in hand, we were skeptical ourselves at first. But once we mastered this recipe, we were proved very wrong. Even our staff, who are taste testers for most of the recipes in this book, what a great perk of the job that would be, said that this one was one of their favorite macs. And we believe them because they were literally licking their plate clean after a minute it came out of the oven. That looks like an interesting one. I'm having a hard time even imagining... What would that would be like? But it's apparently it's served six and it's super popular with the taste testers who are testing it out. And obviously they're not going to put it out in a cookbook if it wasn't going to be worth the page that it was printed on. So that could be an interesting one to try. But again, this book is fun. It's laid out well. It's easy to follow. It makes you feel like a, a fancy mac and cheese chef. I highly recommend it. When they're just looking for something health when they're just looking for something warm and nourishing. A little something also, if you're cooking it for somebody else, you can say, I made this from scratch. I care about you. Now, I think I mentioned about infusing this one. You can infuse the bechamel sauce or you can add maybe a little bit of infused butter or if you have some kind of tincture, you can add and just mix it in with your individual dish so you can dose each dish individually. Often that's a really easy one. And I find these days I'm leaning more and more that way. Yes, I love to infuse my butters, my coconut oil, my olive oils because they're so useful in a lot of cooking. But because I have my mother-in-law living with me, as I've mentioned before, probably, it is very difficult to make things that's going to get me high that will also get her high because she doesn't want to get high. And as someone who does not believe in dosing somebody against their will and would highly recommend that you don't do that either, it's really, I have to be mindful of that. So sometimes I have to look for alternative ways to dose my foods. And one other way too, I have bought these many times at the dispensaries when they're on sale is the 
flavorless powders. Those can work well in a pinch, but the only drawback I find is they are limited to the 10 milligram per package limits that we have here in Canada. I don't know about the States. They have those kinds of limitations, so you're probably still better off with some kind of oil or uh, some kind of oil in this particular case, an infused oil that you can just put on at your at your preferred dose. So that is one way to do this. But I highly recommend you try out this mac and cheese and let me know how yours turned out. And if you did any variations or added anything to it to make it more interesting, or I would love to hear it. And I'm going to link to the book in the show notes. But do remember, my friends, yes, you can pick up this book on Amazon or probably your favorite bookstore. But if you're ever out at thrift stores, check out the cookbooks there. There's always a lot of fun options, things you might not expect. There's, of course, tons of microwave cookbooks that used to be super popular that I'm not sure people buy anymore. There's going to be a lot of those. So you have to sort of sometimes sort through the junk to get to the gems, but that's kind of what makes it fun. So until next week, my friends, enjoy the mac and cheese, make some tasty edibles, and stay high.